Hey, Mom, what do uh, 16-year-olds care about? When I was 16, all I cared about was smashing the patriarchy and burning it all down. Oh, my God. Girls constitute a revolution. Happy Friday, everyone, and welcome to the guest podcast. Today, we are reviewing the movie Moxie, a new feminist coming-of-age Netflix original about a shy 16-year-old Vivian who's fed up with the sexist and toxic culture at our high school. She finds inspiration in her mother's rebellious past and anonymously publishes a zine that sparks a school-wide revolution. With us on the podcast today is Nikita Harma-Patterson, lecturer in film studies at the University of Iceland. This girl thinks she's the queen of the neighborhood and do I have news for you? She is. We are also joined by Geechi Chandra, our resident cantankerous middle-aged biddy. And I have news for you. I is. Welcome, everyone. And this is Thomas, our resident white man caught in the middle. Thank you very much, Geechi. I'm very happy to be joining you again this week. <laughs> So, right off the bat, Nikita, what did you think about this movie? I kind of want to hear what you two have to say first. Oh, wow. Ooh, yeah. Tough because a uh, fun fun fact, I just showed up and we haven't talked about this at all. No. I have no idea what you so, think. Now there's a lot of pressure. So Exactly. So you don't dare say your opinion. Is it that bad? No. I just, I'm very curious what you both think. Geetzee, then I'm going to start with you, because as the resident white man caught in the middle, <laughs> I, I will not speak first. So what? It's left up to the woman of color to yes. educate people. Oh, my God. Um, if I thought it was going to go down this road. <laughs> Anyways, Geetzee, what did you think of Mox? You watched it yesterday. I watched it very recently. Okay, As okay. you know, I did see Mokthi. I think it's a very interesting movie. I think, oh God, what do I think? I uh, I mean, I, I think that it pulls its punches. Let's put it that way. I think it, it doesn't take this far enough to make it really exciting for me. Okay. There are, there are all of these issues of, well, the mother was a rebellious young woman. What happened to her? We don't know what, I mean, if, if this is, if this is a dialogue or a conversation between senior feminists and junior fem or young women, as we've seen, you know, recent sort of sexual harassment movements and so on go mm -hmm. down in these divisions, if this is a way of transferring some of that energy back and forth between generations, I'm a little iffy about it. Go but I like it on the bit, whole. Go a little bit more into details. What is it, uh, just for the people that have not watched this movie and that are listening to this podcast, what is it that happens in the movie there that you take issue with or not happens in the movie? I mean, it isn't that I take issue with it. There's a young woman, she's 16 years old. She sees all this sexism happening around her in her school in terms of, you know, clothes, uh, policies, what you can wear, what you can't wear, you know, the way that young women are treated by the young men, the football guys, and so on and so forth. Um, and she draws inspiration from her mother's uh, past as a feminist and as a rebel girl and so on. And she starts a movement in her own school. Um, so that's that's the story, I guess, right, by and large. Um I, so yeah, the intergenerational dynamic I think should have been taken further. Um, it's it's all left at the level of feel good, 
and it valorizes you know older women and their their youthful feminism but then it doesn't say what happened to that feminism what became of it you know what what happened between the rebel girl mother and the middle-aged not cantankerous pity that we see in the movie who's trying to find a boyfriend and a life and so on again um there is the question of race this was the we one have two thing about white the blonde movie. women yeah. you know yeah. intergenerational and it's left to them to start the movement but of course they're very inclusive and of course women of other races and colors are you know come in and take ownership and and so on and so forth but it's still i don't know i feel like it 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 leaves itself at the level of feel good and doesn't push any of these issues far enough to make it really interesting to me i was very annoyed by how it treated race the fact that it chooses to be inclusive and then doesn't do it well enough was annoying for me. So this like marks the return to the director's chair for Amy Poehler since this like very uh, comfortable, uh, nice, solid wine country that she did was, was about a group of women in, in the Californian countryside. Uh, and so she kind of goes from that generation now to the Gen Z generation uh, with this movie, which I really enjoyed, really liked, and it made sense. And Amy Poehler is, a, she's an unapologetic feminist. Oh, but both as a director and, you know, and, and in every, everything she does, really. Uh, and I admire that about her. But race, the race question in this particular movie, in Moxie, was uh, not an afterthought, but a box-ticking exercise. I thought it was incredible, like, especially towards the end. It was as if, and I don't want to, I, I don't want to maybe ruin the ending for people, but I think towards the very, very end, this box-ticking box exercise was so painfully obvious that like, it, it, it was literally about giving space and voice to white women. And then towards the very end, literally a black woman comes up on this stage that a Amy Poehler has created to say a few words to then step back down. Do you remember the scene I'm talking about? That felt incredibly uncomfortable for me. So yeah, and then the queer woman comes up and then, you know, it's like, oh, now that the stage has been built, you know, now everyone else can come up right. onto it. And there was like also the woman with a disability yeah. who was placed sort of like strategically throughout the movie here and there to show that it was an inclusive movie. I think this raises a lot of... Because I know that Amy Poehler is a feminist director. I know that she has thought about these things. And so I feel... I sit... I'm left with the feeling after seeing the movie that she she should just have done a movie about the class she's from and the kind of, you know, the space she walks in she doesn't understand she will never be able to do it right obviously no i don't think that's true i think that no. there are and, and maybe we shouldn't be thinking about doing it right or wrong no. i did it's i i mean she she does complicate it to an extent so it is true that the vivian the main character uh is used to simply accepting things until lucy says you know this is not right it this is it should not be accepted he's not just doing what boys do 
and so on. And she's the one who sort of says to her, no, it's not correct. And, she, you know, but the, no matter how many women of other ethnicities and colors you have, you have the, you know, Chinese American, you who, you know, and so on. Uh, the, the fact is that the center, the focus, the focal point, the, the energizer, the enabler is still the white girl who builds this platform that then other women take, you know, ownership of or take their their place on. But it's still all about the white woman and the white right. daughter doing this, you know. So I, I find that. I also, I, I want to give some credit to the movie, though, because I watched this with my 10-year-old son. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, seeing him see the movie mm-hmm. was mind-blowing to me because I grew up with American Pie. That was the first... Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, movie I saw about high school students in America, which is a horrible film in like in so many ways. I mean, it's a classic now; it's a cult classic. But if you look at what it says about uh, gender, horrible. If you look at what it does not say about race at all, as because it's just not an issue. That's right. you know, there are just white high school students, and that's it. Uh, and uh, um, you know, so just to see the steps that have been made since I thought was amazing. And it was amazing to me to sit there with my kid and we had to stop the movie constantly to tell him what different things were, you know, like we, we had to stop and we had to, you know, it, it opened up for so many points of discussion. So I think for that, I think the movie was really great. I have to say. Yeah. I think it was, probably not pitched at you and me it was probably pitched at your local high schooler um but i just yeah i just feel also that this inclusiveness as you said the box ticking it leaves it at the level of stereotypes so there's a chinese american who's worked really hard to get here and who has to work 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 through her school and so on yeah right the that there there's the at the end where all, where these girls get up and they're like, don't touch my hair. You know, it's it's sort of left at these stereotypes. Mm. And that is what alerted me to the fact that it's not really inclusive. It is box ticking, no matter how much visual space you give to these kids. Mm-hmm. What they represent is still a series of stereotypes. And that's really bothersome to me. But it may be a good introduction to someone who... Sure. But I mean... We've already, we went straight into the race and gender questions. Okay, we <laughs> will now ask Nikita I what now she thinks. Wanna, I now want to know uh, what the lecturer in film studies think about this movie from a film critic's perspective or a cinematic perspective. So I have two perspectives on this. I have a cinematic perspective. And then I have a perspective as a white, like middle class um American teenager. <laughs> right, because you grew a, up in this. Once upon a time, I was You a, were once upon a time in this. In in this high school. So, um as a from a film perspective, um it's cute. <laughs> it's, <laughs> and the thing is that I think when I I'm kind of looking at what might be going on behind this because I I didn't do research beyond um, you know, when when was the like conception of this idea and what it took to get there, to get Netflix behind this. Um, Amy Poehler, it makes sense that she is the mastermind behind it because that that fits her. That fits her career trajectory, both as a like, you know, 
thinking of her back in the days of her like improv, like Upright Citizens Brigade, like era and moving into the mainstream and um, going from there and creating a space online for, you know, guide, you know, guiding young, young girls, young women, young people. Um, and had this like, I don't remember what it was called. It was like Ask Amy or something. She had this little kind of feminist corner on YouTube that young people could write in questions about things being difficult and being hard and just being afraid of the world. And she would respond with, uh, you know, a kind, a warm, a motherly, sisterly, friendly um, guidance. And it was very lovely. Uh, so I, I think about, yeah, of course that makes sense, but this feels so, uh, spread thin and like we have, oh, hello, <laughs> hello computer. Um, and that we, um, maybe there were some kind of conflicts, like this idea, this box ticking thing, like, well, you didn't do this. Oh, you're doing too much of that. I, I'm kind of curious what were the other voices that were having an opinion of, what the final right. product is and what the final message is and how that gets wrapped up in a little box. So it feels very restrained. Like that, that this, there's a lot of things I feel like it's really holding back or not fully realized. Like you're mentioning this mother that has this riot girl past that's very fascinating. And it's geared towards teenagers. So it's this idea that if I watched this as a teenager, I wouldn't have the access to just being like, Riot Girl, what's that? I would have to do a little more work to figure out what it is. But here you just kind of drop it into Google and you are fed everything. You have access to all of it, which is awesome. So I understand that contextually, like in this time, that information is kind of being placed there. You see, uh, you know, a, a pin for Bikini Kill and you're like, oh, they mentioned that somewhere else. I'll go Google it and maybe you fall down a rabbit hole from there. But uh, it still feels very just kind of plopped in and kind of a, a hot, you know, buzzword to get someone's mom excited to show it to their teenage daughter, maybe, or to their teenage son. Um, but what I think, while it probably is geared for the teenager, who it's actually for is probably children. And I know it's saying a lot because this film deals with really um, more mature you know, topics like sex and sexual assault and sexual harassment. But that is also the uh, our environment. That is what kids are hearing about through the news and through our conversations. And we need to teach our children. So it's, it's still relevant. So hearing that you watched with your 10-year-old kind of made me feel better about this because 16-year-old me would not give a hell about this. I was going to say something else. Yeah. Would not care about this film because it wouldn't it wouldn't say anything to me. It's too superficial. It's too superficial, and I already did it at that point because I see a part of me in Vivian, yeah. in that I um I had some things to say when I finally said them. It it, it caused some ripples in the water, but uh, so for for that you know as an adult looking at it, and I saw the trailer and I see Amy Poehler's name, I get a little excited. I hear Bikini Kill. I get very excited. And then the in the trailer, they have this thing about the tank tops. And I was like, oh, my God. Do tell. I've been there. Oh. Mm. <laughs> American high school tank tops. So, so, wait, before you get into that, we should say that in the movie, one of the things that Vivian 
uh, and the others want to rebel against is the fact that uh, suddenly the principal of the school like issues sort of the school-wide ban on tank tops that 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 because they think they're too revealing. And of course, the pushback from the students or from the zine Moxie, uh, just going to reveal that right away, the name of the scene is Moxie, that's where it comes from, is that obviously girls at this school should be able to wear whatever the hell they want without, you know, uh, school authorities meddling in that. And that relates to your experience But in it's high also, sorry, not just tank tops, because she points out that the flat-chested girl next to her is allowed to wear it without any, you know, right. any consequences. So it is about who wears a tank it's top. It's about, it's about your body. And I've been through this mm-hmm. in, in Delhi uh, with as, as, a, as a member of the faculty sort of arguing with college policy about shorts. I'm like, so everybody, what Was kind the, of girl, you know, is distracting when she wears shorts? And so is this policy only for some kind of girls? The others are too ugly to matter. Is that what this is about? And this is a conversation I've had in the in last school, decade. It was all the girls. And um, just to preface this, I wasn't a girl that challenged the dress code because it didn't interest me. That was not the style of clothing I liked. I didn't feel comfortable having my body out and for for reasons of being the tallest thing walking around. <laughs> tell <laughs> that was tell me about it. <laughs> so. Oh, yeah, that's right. That uh-huh. was uncomfortable to me. <laughs> oh, yes. But I will preface this that um, in my junior year, and there were a lot of girls. There was the really pretty girls and the ritzy girls and, um, you know, low-rise jeans were really in. <laughs> and they looked great. Like, they looked absolutely great. And every single day they were sent to put on their sweater. They were given a sweater. They were sent home. And it was something, like, they they just quietly rebelled against it every single day. I didn't. But when I met my match... <laughs> was when I was approached during lunch one day and I was wearing a tank top and my principal comes up to me and he goes, "Um, Nikita, your shirt. And my first instinct was to look at my shoulders and look to see if my bra strap had slipped out because, ooh, bras, so scary, so dangerous. Teenage girls needing to wear bras was a problem for boys. So that was something I already felt like, Mm, this is stupid, but that was my first instinct. Like, oh, did my bra strap slip out underneath my one inch tank top strap? Oh my god, one inch doesn't one even inch. Qualify. I knew it. I knew it passed because I didn't uh-huh. want to be. I didn't want to be bothered. Mm-hmm. So I look, and he goes, "No, that's not what I mean. It's a little short." And I looked at him, and I said, "I'm five eleven." And he got uncomfortable and he was like, well, yeah, I mean, that's that's wonderful. And I said, apparently not if I cannot dress myself for school. Wow. And he was like, oh, is that a problem for you? I said, you have no idea. And of course he has no idea. Why would he have any idea? He, he only no looks idea. at clothes from one perspective. And I went home and I was so angry and I told my mom, who is an Icelandic feminist, <laughs> 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 what happened. And she said, honey, as long as you bring a towel, I don't care if you go to naked to school. <laughs> Just mm. sit on sit on a towel. <laughs> 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 and I think she, in her heart, she was like, that's my girl. 
Yeah. So flash forward to senior year. In the beginning of every year, we had this thing where it would be like a morning assembly where, um, you know, in the be- the first week of school and each like kind of class like that that graduating year would meet and they'd kind of give you the pep talk and kind of things that are coming up for your grade this year. And then they'd excuse the boys so oh. they could talk to the girls about the dress code. Oh my God. And this was every single year. And then by my senior year, it starts again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're seniors now. La, la, la. And now if the boys can go back to class. Wow. And then girls, it is very important that you follow the dress code. Wait, Nikita, this is your what, if you're willing to reveal? Third year of high school? No, I mean in in date, in time. Because I was also wondering when, you know, the mother, Vivian's mother, would have mm-hmm. been in this rebel stage. What stage of American feminism were they trying to ex- to represent? As is, I I was gonna give us a ballpark. This. I am going to reveal it. Okay, because okay, okay. it's gonna upset you. Okay, be patient, Giti. All right. When was this? Two thousand and four. You're kidding me. It's God. literally the same conversation. It's exactly the same. So that senior year, I had an attitude. And I was wearing something that followed the rules because I didn't break those rules. And he starts and I put my hand up and he calls on me. Used the He didn't even remember my name. He's my this, wrong name. This is the principal again. This is the principal. Yeah. That's how like little trouble I caused. And I said, is this necessary? <laughs> And he just cut a little, uh, uh, what? And I said, is it necessary to excuse the boys for this conversation? And everyone kind of, you know, like getting a little, the seat starting to kind of move and like, (laughs) (laughs) And he said, well, I just, I I, I just, I I don't want to make you uncomfortable because this is about you. And we don't, I don't want to put you on display. And I said, so what you're saying to us is actually that the boys that you excused are such dogs, they can't handle a conversation about a bra strap? Is that what the message you're trying to give to us as well? Is that something the boys want to hear from you? And he was very flustered. And all those rebel girls (laughs) that had the beautiful clothes that showed a lot of skin pounced and they started saying can we wear this can we wear this can we wear this in a moment of vulnerability (laughs) at that time those those tank tops that were like one strap like the tarzan tank tops Mm -hmm. that was all the rage you could wear them yes you're welcome girls if that was a one inch strap he said okay (laughs) he couldn't couldn't handle them but then the best part of that so i really enjoyed this this was very fun the girls, they just were ready to pounce. It mm-hmm. wasn't like, right, thanks for saying that. We, we didn't need to. Mm-hmm. I go back to class and I'm barely in the door. I'm the first girl there. And the boys say, what did you do? Wow. What just happened? What did you do? And I still don't know how they knew <laughs> that something happened. Right. But it was a class that that teacher specifically, she was like the disciplinary of like the whole school. She loved enforcing the dress code. But I wonder if it's just because she really liked rules and like being a pain. Some people just like that. Because I told them what I said and they got really excited. And then I made a comment that I'll, I'll be happy to share afterwards, but I don't think it's appropriate <laughs> for this podcast. What something to take away from this is that this movie 
definitely brought you back down memory lane. It hurt. Like, I was like, I can't believe it's been 16 years and this is the catalyst. It is still, it is still <laughs> the same This is exactly the same. Like, it's really annoying. Tell us your comment. I won't say it on the air. Oh, but, I see. Um, Ooh, okay. Uh, yeah, it is actually that bad. And the boys freaked out and they just did the, oh my God. And the teacher who's the hardcore one, turns around and she said, what did you say? And I said, I can't tell you. And she said, no, what did you say? And I repeated it to her. Mm. And she said, I agree with you. Oh, wow. <laughs> so I start thinking. But you won't say it on the air? No, I won't. No. Okay, no, that's no. fine. And so uh, <laughs> I no. start thinking, like, what is this dress code? And who is enforcing it? And for what reason? Honestly, for I mean, what reason? Yeah, I 2004, it blows my mind. I mean, I grew up in a convent and I I understand. <laughs> Don't laugh at me. I understand. What do you a, mean you grew up in a convent? A convent school. It was run by nuns. Oh, I you did, met. Gitsi, I did not grow up there, in I a nunnery. Were, I thought you were making an analogy. No, to your, like, no, super no. Strict religious upbringing. Oh my god, like no, no. My my you, my upbringing was anything but super strict or religious. That's what I thought. I, I, but you I grew went to up school, in an actual convent school. Well, in in a convent school, it was run by right. nuns. Okay. And and you know and and we but this was many 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 years ago, mm-hmm. right? So I'm I'm thinking you know uh, high school would have been in the eighties. And even, you know, so I I think of this, you know, your skirt can only be two inches above your knee and not any higher. Um, and you have to keep your, your shirt because we had uniform. So there was no mm-hmm. question of Tantox. Your shirt has to be buttoned all the way up. You can leave one button open. If you left two, you got caught. Your hair has to be tied back and all of this. But I associate this with Indian convent schools of the 80s. Absolutely. And this whole bit in the film where we have this girl that is beautiful. Voluptuous, mm-hmm. and she looks different in a tank top than another girl does. Mm-hmm. Uh, when she's being taken out of the room to go cover up, that like level of humiliation—that's very real. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know that you have you show up to school, you bought your cute low-rise jeans, your really cute like party top, mm. and you show up. Everyone sees you, and then you're wearing the ugliest lost and found oversized T-shirt. It's humiliation. It's mm-hmm. gross. You're being Mm -hmm. called out in front of everyone. You are being addressed by your teacher. You're being sent away. And then you come back like with this like scarlet letter on you. Mm. And those girls handled it with a lot of moxie. (laughs) The ones Mm. in my school that kept breaking the rules. Um, And they just roll their eyes. But it wasn't okay. It's not okay. Every single day. Yeah. Yeah. What are you teaching people? Yeah. I mean, you're basically teaching them that the boys are little animals who no, can't you're control the boys their responses. To be little animals, exactly, who can't control their responses to the sight of a bra strap right. or a boob. That's what. That's and what. That's that it's your the, responsibility. The male student body that you want, and it's your responsibility. It. And this is, mm-hmm. of course, you know, victim shaming and slut blaming all over the place. Did the movie do a good job at highlighting these issues for an audience that might not know that this is happening? I yes, think it I does think it and, did. Like, and that's the thing. It took me there. And I it took right. me there in the trailer and it took me there in the film. I just felt awful watching that girl have to stand up and right. leave. And it's just it I started thinking more about, you know, I always thought back on these memories and being like, that's so ridiculous that they would, you know, 
do this, you know, like separate girls and boys just to pin them up against each other. But then I just didn't even consider that humiliation aspect and just how rotten and unnecessary it is to be a mayor in your little, your little town, your little high school and make those, you know, those, take those stances that that's what's important. We didn't have um, scandals that had broken out among the school as far as behavior between people, um, as far as, you know, girls that were dealing with dynamics with other uh, male students that they weren't comfortable with, that wasn't making it into the like the mainstream like it does in the film. Mm-hmm. But um, but it makes me wonder. Yeah. I, I was going to say that if if we think of this as a movie that is, as you say, introductory to people who may not be thinking about this already, whose mothers haven't thought about it, who haven't thought about it themselves. Um, there is this entire population of people out there, of course. And if that is whom Amy Poehler chooses to address, then I think she just, then then the, the work of the movie is to introduce young people, perhaps, mm-hmm. to this whole idea, and then to then to actually do a box ticking exercise to say, mm-hmm. look, this, 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 and this is wrong. Stuff that you thought was okay mm-hmm. or took for granted or accepted need not be accepted. And so in it comes also, you know, who can touch you where and what kind of behavior, you know, from, from a, a man is okay. Who gets the scholarships, the sports scholarships? Where is the money going? You know, that kind of stuff. So I guess in that sense, maybe we're just asking too much of the movie. This is what I saw the movie as. I mean, I didn't see this as a um, a great movie. Do you know what I mean? No. Like from a yeah. perspective, <laughs> no. it's not a great movie. However, the questions it raises, the 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 feeling of discomfort I get from seeing events transpire that actually transpires every day at like mm-hmm. high schools everywhere. Mm-hmm. Like the discomfort it instills in you, the. Uh, the way it makes you really empathize with these girls, mm-hmm. I think makes it a very worthwhile watch and mm-hmm. for, for, for anyone. And uh, the number one <laughs> like uh, feather in the hat that this movie has is that it belongs, I think, in any sort of uh, like elementary school curriculum. There you go. Towards yeah. the la- yeah, towards the later yep. yeah. in the later years of elementary yeah. school, yep. all kids exiting ninth or tenth grade they've already has, seen this has to see yeah. this movie before they start high school. Yeah, mm-hmm. that I think as a movie, like no, a movie has never been made about this before. Right? Uh, I, I not, don't think so. Uh, I'm not familiar this, this it, direct of a way. This is why okay. I was... It's usually a makeover movie. This is why movies. I was blown away when I saw the trailer. I was. Mm-hmm. I saw the trailer and I was like, you know, Amy Poehler, like a big director name, like and a mm-hmm. Netflix original about this. This has not happened before. For that... Re- I mean, this is why we're reviewing it on the podcast. Right, right, right. It's right, because right. it has some kind of educational significant yeah is it a great movie no does it pull its punches yes it does yeah but it still has value and with that said we're at 32 minutes so i'm gonna just throw out there we're gonna start with you kitty Mm -hmm. out of five stars how many and why oh god i mean if it was if if it was a five star movie if it was a movie to be done out of five stars for you and me i would give it two if it was for elementary school kids i would give it four nikita i guess i'd split the difference and just say three just out of um 
kindness. I don't know. I, I don't feel like super critical about it because I, I, I it feels like an after school special. Right. And those have a, a place. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's absolutely um, vital and like relevant to say like, yeah, they just kind of sprinkle in all these other elements and hope that it catches. And I don't think it's enough. No. And I don't think it's groundbreaking in that sense in any way because it's it's just, you know, repeating what we technically know, you know, in general. Like even if it's not everybody on the end of it, it's something that's been happening. So it's not... It's not revolutionary by any means, but I think it's absolutely, you know, something that should be kind of just planted into. This is uh, this is weird. This is a weird dynamic. It's not good enough. And uh, we start high school with that feeling. Yeah. I have one thing that I would say that I would hold against this movie no matter what category. Is it is that, that there's not it- enough Bikini Kill? Of course, always, always. That's always a problem with every that, movie. If, if that's every movie, movie. I can get one. on the soundtrack. With every movie that we see, but it it claims the feminist movement for white women. The history and the current responsibility. That was the problem right out the door. Rest with mm-hmm. white women, and this is true of of elementary school kids and whoever you are teaching them that this is a white woman's game, and I don't like that. No. And with that, thank you both so much for being on the podcast this week. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, listen to Sleater Kinney too. That band is the best. <laughs> <laughs>